Today's episode of One Shiny Podcast is brought to you by TheRinger.com. .com, .com, .com. Uh, where it is a good time to be a content creator, Tate. There's mm. a lot of stuff going on. We have the Super Bowl. Are we allowed to call it the Super Bowl on podcasts or is it trademark? We have the big game. The big game. That we're covering. Mm-hmm. Yep. The big one. The the big football, professional football game. Uh, there's there, I saw the, that we put out our NFL draft guide. We got that going. The NBA draft guide um, we did over the summer was a hit. So we're like, hey, we should do one for the NFL. Mm-hmm. You got the NBA trade trade deadline coming up, Tate. Please, Memphis, trade Mike Conley. Um, I, I really need that in my life. Uh, no offense to Chris Vernon, but um, I don't know. I want to see Mike on a winner as as he enters the twilight of his career. Conley Tate. to LA. That's what so, we're calling for. That's what we want. We, oh my God. Send Lonzo to Memphis so LeVar can be with Chris Vernon. That makes sense. That's a fair trade for content. And oh, then, that's perfect. And then Mike Conley comes to LA and Kanye's at all the Lakers games now wearing, you know, mm-hmm. anything Mike Conley related and the rest is mm-hmm. history. LeBron's back. It's Ohio. Put them together. I mean, they played at Ohio State together. Dude, I'll move We're out. Not there. together, but they could have played together at Ohio State. We know that. So uh, if let's... Mike, if if Mike gets traded to the Lakers, I really might have to move out there. Like that, what you just described sounds fantastic. I don't know. I'd really have to give it some serious thought. Um, there's other stuff though, not just sports. There's the Oscars. I mean, The Bachelor started. Tate, we got we got the True Detective show with Jason and Chris. Mm. Folks, if you are into content, if you have hobbies, if you like things. Uh, the ringer.com has you covered. We will cover it for you. We will talk about it for you. It is a place where you can go to read professionals' thoughts on the things that you like. I recommend it. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, also, one last time, I um, want to plug my beer event that I have going on at, at Land Grant Brewery on Tuesday. Ohio State playing Michigan. Uh, you guys know the deal by now. Um, we we are tapping the club. Tri- Actually, I, ha- I have a six-pack with me, Tate. Should I open one up? Yes, Is that a cool it. thing to do to drink? Mm-hmm. Here, we go. can you hear this? Uh, that's oh, out. there it is. Yes, perfect. Ooh, um, yeah. We they, they gave me a six pack. It looks it looks sweet. It tastes good. Uh, I don't know, man. Come come to the game on Tuesday. We're probably gonna get smoked by Michigan, but we're gonna all have a lot to drink and have a lot of lot of fun. And all the money goes to the scholarship that we're starting for walk on. So that'll be cool too. Um, what else, Tate? What else do we got to plug? Last thought. Last thing to plug. The Bag Brothers. Yourself, myself. We will be back. Mm. We will be dropping duffel bags. The duffel bag boys will be in Minneapolis. Tomorrow, crazy enough. It's true. And we will be back in the tournament for the Final Four, which is also in Minneapolis, ironically enough. And we will be throwing bags and bags of cash, just like we did last year. Uh, this is round two. Robbie Hummel will be there, friend of the program. We're very excited about that. Um, but Mark Titus, I have to tell you this. I am in 75-degree weather right now. It is very nice outside. <laughs> it's a beautiful day. I'm feeling a little bit better. Uh, you know, I don't have a cold or anything like that. And then I look at my weather app because, again, we're flying to Minnesota tomorrow. We're going to see each other. It's going to be great. We're going to be wearing tuxedos. It's going to be a beautiful time. Mm -hmm. Negative Mm -hmm. five degrees? Wait, what? Yeah. What? Yeah, bro. How? How does that happen? I don't know how to do that. I I don't have anything. I'm not prepared. They don't have Dick's Sporting Goods in Los Angeles. I can't go get Long John's. I don't know where to go to get Long John's. It is a... I am I am in a dire, dire, dire situation. Luckily, my roommate shot a show for The Bachelor that was up in, like, Vermont, and they gave him – he stole one of these, like, big North Face coats. So, I mean, <laughs> like, I, I'm basically bringing that. You don't I'm, even I'm own a look, coat? No, I'm going to look like a bear when I get off that plane. Oh, my God. I'm, I am terrified. I'll have to bring you. How, how, do I, how, do, how do I deal with this? You're in Ohio. It's, like, 10 degrees. I don't know what to do. Yeah, it – listen, dude, it's cold as balls in Ohio, too, and it has been for a while. Uh, I, I've, I've said many times that – Spending a little time in California made me extremely soft, which is why I have no shame in in attacking how soft Pac-12 basketball is because I experienced it firsthand. I was in LA for like a couple months at a time, 
come back to Ohio and I just want to cry every day that mm-hmm. it's cold here. And I lived here my whole life. I thought I was tough. And then just spending a little time in LA ruined me. Dude, honestly, the weather though, I will say this. Like the once you get below about 10 degrees, um, <laughs> this the, is not the weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the weather it's, outside it's like, is weather. Yes. I'd say it like this. So it's like uh, the, the, your perspective just gets thrown off. Like, honestly, there's no difference to me between like five degrees Fahrenheit and like minus 35 degrees Fahrenheit. It might as well all be the same. It's like, it's like if I told you some guy is worth like $5 billion and another guy's worth like $12 billion in your brain, you're just like, yeah, they're, they're pretty much have the exact same amount of money, but the other guy has more than twice as amount the money. You know what I'm saying? There's not a lot of That's difference kind between of, 15 million and 30 million is what you're saying. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I'm saying, I'm saying once it gets Lifestyle so cold, wise. like forget about the number. You don't need to worry about the number. Negative five. Don't worry about the negative five. It's just going to be cold as shit. That's all you really need to know. Um, and we'll do our best to get through it. Uh, but, but, but it's for a good cause, Tate. We're, we're hosting the three on three thing again. And we're shooting promo videos in tuxedos in Minnesota. It doesn't and, get any funner than and that, for right? the And for the record, <laughs> we continue to be pioneers of, we pay these kids. You know what I mean? We, we pay, not we only did. do, not only do we pay these kids, we pay them on national TV. And uh, that, we, uh, that that's all we can do for the game. The history books are going to look back on the pain of players and give Bill us all the credit because uh, he he says it's wrong. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's wrong. But uh, let let's rewrite those history books. Tate. Who was the first? Who were the first people to pay college athlete, college basketball players? One it shiny podcast. Yes, it was one shiny podcast. Let let the history. The artist show. formerly known as T Dub. Yes. <laughs> we uh let's let's start the podcast we have some stuff to talk about uh michigan beats minnesota like pretty much we recorded the pod on tuesday and then like right as soon as we got them recording michigan beats minnesota on the charles matthews buzzer beater yep. uh coincidentally michigan plays at iu tonight um that game might start by the time we even finish recording this what else had tennessee had a close one with vanderbilt some other stuff happened but yeah, I want to talk like big picture stuff. I want to see what you're interested in, what you're what you're feeling with this season. Um, we're we're gonna make some stuff happen. We're gonna to get to dirty laundry too, by the way. Mm. And these first. are way we're gonna we're gonna to try to figure out how to save this college basketball season. You know, because wh- where is our content gone? Where where is the corruption? Where are the trials? Where are the bags? And also, you know, let's figure out what else is gonna happen because we need things to happen. We need to speak it into existence. That's the whole point of this casual. We Friday. do. Yes, we do. We're we're gonna do our best to do that. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical out foul. Timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, it's Friday evening. Uh, great time to record a podcast. I got I got my club show beer in my hand. Tate. It's just there's something about having a beer in your hand. Uh, it, it, the placebo effect works for me. It's like I don't—I haven't even really drank any of this yet, but I just feel loose. You know what I mean? It just feels right. It feels good. You just have a buzz, it just, like it, it's an adjacent buzz. I, I feel yes. invincible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. It's just—I feel like a cool kid. I feel like I'm the cool kid at school, just posted up against the wall. Just You're like, the Fonz. Yeah, I drink beer, so yes. what? Mo- yeah, Mo- 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 Moses looking um, there like little Ron Howard, you know, just you know, wishing that he could be that cool. <laughs> Tough time. Hey, how's your back? We got to start with the with the biggest story on this podcast. It's, it's becoming a story that the fans are uh, very concerned. I was I was I was digging <laughs> through the DMs, um, looking for dirty laundry stories, and we will get to those at the end of the show, as we always do on Fridays. Uh, but a lot of DMs of, from people who are worried about your back. We have we have guys offering their tips, saying, "Tell Tate, definitely do not get back surgery." I do not surgery. need guys offering tips. To, <laughs> there you go. Uh, 
There's a guy. There's one guy who's like he says I'm a chiropractor in Toledo and I can hook Tate up. Oh, nice. Um, which that's nice. I'll be in Minneapolis. How, how far me, is that from Toledo? Yeah. I can maybe get down there. We'll <laughs> Twenty see minute happens. drive. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, so so Tate, how is your back? That's what the people want to know. And and are you going to die? Am I going to have to do this podcast by myself? Uh, give us an update. We're, we're everyone's very very worried about you. What I've learned is that uh, my body is a uh, a very tense place. And I think what happened was over the years of sitting and hunching over my back and editing podcasts, my body has just tightened up and it locks up in certain positions, and therefore my back locks up. And when mm-hmm. I get cold. My my body starts to shake and locks up. You know, it's like I don't have no idea what is going on. I've been going to Pilates. Pilates has been great for me. I do feel a little bit better. Mm. I'm stretching out. I actually grew an inch. They measured me. I grew an inch. My back is straightening <laughs> out, which makes zero sense. And I feel like it's all an affliction of self. It's something that I've done to myself. You know what I mean? So I can't really complain. But to live this life mm-hmm. like this, let me just tell you, there's there's been some nights as I'm watching Frasier late night. Uh, reruns to to get myself in the mode of a, a person on the air, just like Frazier was, Kelsey Grammer, of course. Uh, you know, I've had some dark times because I'm like, man, I don't know if my back will ever get right, but I'm hoping. I'm hoping so. I'm going to see another doctor, another back guy. This is a bad gal. She is uh, hopefully going to help me out. Apparently works on the core, you know, developing and building out the core. My core. Who are her celebrity clients? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think uh, Simon Simon question. Rex, aka Dirt Nasty, was the only one I had heard of. So I mean, okay. th- so I, you know, I have no shot um, at this point. But regardless, the back I hope will work out. It's been it's been way tougher on GM Street because it's horrible in the morning, and I have to record those podcasts in the morning. So I basically apologize to Lombardi every podcast about my back. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm running out of breath. I'm very sorry. He's like, "What, Tate Frazier? What'd you say? Huh? What'd you say?" <laughs> Uh, Speaking of backs, yeah, it reminds me of Michael Corleone. Remember when Michael did? Uh, you know, I'm like, oh man, it's amazing. It's Dude, amazing. My, that man, that, that man is my a back's master. gonna be. My back's gonna be right there with you if uh, it doesn't stop snowing here. I've been shoveling snow. Um, I want to brag real quick, and then we'll get to basketball. But as, as we said, the basketball, eh, not not as interesting as it could be right now. Um, I uh, I pulled a power move that I want to brag about because there's nowhere else to brag except this podcast. <laughs> uh, my so every time it snows in my neighborhood. My my neighbors on either side, well, th- there's always like a race to be the first to shovel your driveway because that's just like a that's a way you flex when you're a, yes. when you live in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. You're a middle class suburb guy. Um, your flex is like seven a.m. Your your shit is clean, is pristine. You don't have a single flake. But the way to take it to the next level and be super emasculating is when you're shoveling your sidewalks, you just keep going and you do your neighbor's sidewalks too. <laughs> so there are like times. In the last couple of weeks, I've come out of my house at, you know, I, I sleep, I'm a, I'm a night owl. I, I, I don't have a real job. So um, I'll, I'll get up for the first time. I'm getting up at like nine or something. I'm walking outside at nine o'clock for the, for the first time. And all my sidewalks are, are cleared. And it's, it's so emasculating to because it's like, I don't need your help, whatever. Um, yesterday, I was shoveling and I pulled the move back on my neighbors. I got them. Uh, they were gone for some reason. And I, I got to the shoveling first and I was very excited about that. And that's a lame way to brag, but... Uh, I don't really care. That's where I'm at in my life. I think you've waged war. I, sh- I think you've waged war with the snow shoveling because now they're going to come back and do it to you, and now you're going to be in this, and then you're yeah. going to have to do it back again. This is a uh, this is a slippery slope, my friend. I I don't know. It's a Midwestern hospitality, by the way. Is that like you're you're, you're just kind of you're you're, you're passive aggressively helping out your neighbor, but you're like it, you're it's from a place of like anger. You're like fuck you, dude. I'm going to shovel your sidewalk now. <laughs> And you're like fighting with each other, but you're actually doing very nice things for one another and giving each other less work. So um, anyway, let's hope my back. Let's hope I don't join you. 
that's that's the the moral of the story. Oh man, uh, deep breaths, breathe it out. That's what you got to do. Deep breath. That's what I'm learning. Meditate. Um, let's let's talk about college basketball, shall we? We uh, shall. As you said, um, I, I we, we were prepping for the show and we were we were wondering what we should talk about, and I had this question for you because I feel like this is this happens every at this point of the year every year. So um, I don't want to overreact. I don't want to. Uh, there are ebbs and flows to the season of of excitement of and and all that kind of stuff. So. I'm not saying there's an epidemic. I'm not saying we need to change anything, whatever. Mm. I'm just trying to reflect, get a get a sense of where our feelings are. That the regular season, right? Like what is left for the regular season? And what 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 brought this on? Uh, I, guess, I guess I should back up in, uh, a little bit more. Um, I'm watching the game last night. I'm watching Ja Morant last night. He's playing Belmont. Uh, he plays for Murray State. I'm sure most people listen to the podcast know he is, but a lot of people listen that, that don't follow super closely. He's this point guard from Murray State. A lot of people are comparing him to Russell Westbrook. Uh, he's shooting up the draft boards. It's it's an, a meteoric rise. He is uh, he's putting up insane stats. Murray State had a great team, ha, has a great team this year. Um, and you're starting to hear buzz about can he can he overtake Zion for the number one pick? Is this something that could happen, folks? Or is RJ Barrett gonna? What are we gonna do with the number one pick? This is let's let's keep an eye on John Morant. So last night they're playing Belmont, who is a pretty good team. Um, and Morant rolls his ankle like a minute and a half into the to the game isn't really great all game. He's, he still puts up decent numbers, has a decent game, but he's not like, he's certainly not Russell Westbrook out there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Murray State loses at home, and I think to myself, whatever chance there was that this kid could could pass Zion, he completely blew it. He didn't really blow it again. I guess he rolled his ankle, but the opportunity was blown because he had, he was on national television. It was on ESPNU. Uh, he had the big gun, Seth Greenberg, was calling the game, Tate. Yes. But he kind of put the it kind of put it to to bed. I know there are other guys, there are other great players out there. Grant Williams had an insane game at Vanderbilt. Uh, but but you and I already did the National Player of the Year discussion. We were trying to like figure out what scenarios could play out to where Zion does not win National Player of the Year. And the one that I kept thinking of was John Morant just 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 puts up like triple thirty point triple doubles every single night, and then you catch him on national TV and he does it in front of a big audience. Maybe that could happen. That's not happening. And now we've gotten to a point where um, what is left for the regular season? What what are, what exactly is left that we are trying that we are waiting to see? Because in my view, the national player of the year race is already over. the 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 race for the number one pick is over. The the uh, Zion, I think, is is pretty much a lock for that. I mean, we got like like even the number one seeds. I feel like there there are five teams, six teams maybe that have a realistic shot at number one seeds. And we could spend some time and and actually flesh that out if you want. Um, but there, 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 there are no like clear cut great teams, uh, which which is a good thing because when the tournament comes, everyone's susceptible. But every every team at the top of the line, Tennessee's defense uh, could could be better. They've let they've let their foot off the gas there. Duke plays too much isolation. <laughs> Virginia is a defensive minded team that let Duke torch them going one on one, and that's a problem. Um, Michigan and Michigan State have they have obvious talent problems. Like they have no obvious first round picks on their team. Um, so I'm, I'm a little worried about both of those teams as it, as it pertains to the NCAA tournament. You're so what saying, I'm saying, this is a long winded way. You don't John Teske at the next level. Yeah. Right. Wow. Come on. It's a long winded way of saying, um, if I were to ask you right now, like w- what are we waiting to see? And what are you Tate Frazier waiting are like still excited to see unfold mm. throughout this regular season? What is your number one answer? What is it that you're like, Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's not let's not fast forward to conference tournament play just yet. I want to see how blank shakes out. Rick Pitino's coaching career. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, quickly on John Morant, you bring that up, and I think the most interesting thing about John Morant and Zion Williamson is that guess what? They're both from South Carolina. 
And guess what else? They mm-hmm. both played on the South Carolina Hornets together. They were teammates. So you got two of these kids. And neither one of them went to Clemson. <laughs> and neither one of them went to Clemson or South Carolina. Why can't these South Carolina kids stay at home? I don't know. we got to figure that out. Uh, maybe they should have gone to DePaul. But regardless, the two best players in the country, most interesting players, are both from small towns in South Carolina. They've driven all the interest. And John Morant's real name is Demetrius, which is a great mm. name, Demetrius. Um, but looking at all with that. With a T? With a T. Demetrius. T-E-M-E-T-R-I-U-S Morant. Demetrius. Like Tathan Martell? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You get it. Uh, but anyways, that's that's all a sidebar to your main question, which is the entire college basketball season so far has been setting up for, I think, what you want, which I believe is a, a Big Ten year. And the Big Ten Ooh. puts the capital B in boring. Keep going. The capital B in boring. And here's Ali G to provide <laughs> that. That's this season. It's Ali G just yelling boring and doing the yawn noise. That is all it is. That's all it has been. I've been waiting for moments, and we've had moments in these early tournaments. But like you said, the regular season has sort of just been, for for lack of a better, and granted, we are duffel bag, you know, oriented. So we've been waiting for these stories. And all we pretty much has got, like, you know, basic plea deals and all that stuff's kind of gone away. Rick Pitino went abroad. We were hoping for some major stories there. Instead, he's coaching really hard, and he apparently is going to come back to college basketball. And as I look around the spectrum of things that could possibly work out and be interesting at some sort of capacity, I would love, and I would love, 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 love for this to happen because I like redemption. I would love if Gonzaga just basically ran the table the rest of the year. They just beat Santa Clara and Herb Sendek, mm. 98 to 39. They only had two turnovers in that game. And, I, and again, I know what you're saying. They were playing Herb Sendek and Santa Clara. But I would love for Gonzaga after the 2017 run, when they went to the Final Four and obviously, you know, lost to Carolina, I would love if this was the year that everyone is pointing to, you know, well, you know, Zion and Duke or whatever, whatever, but they are like the college basketball. They, they are the probably the best program right now in college basketball as far as Villanova, you know, is having a little bit of a downward turn, I guess, this year because they're relying on, you know, guys that were the secondary guys to be primary guys. Carolina has this weird split between the seniors, freshmen. Kentucky is, you know, dealing with, they're now getting transfers and they're playing a different game, basically. So if Gonzaga keeps the formula that they kept, they've had the same formula since, you know, 2016, 2015, and they were able to go all the way and win a title, I think that would be great for college basketball because then it kind of just sets the tone that if you're Mark Few, and you're at one of these schools and you kind of just build and create a, a culture where people are, expect you to win. And you go to Japan and you recruit a guy by the name of Rui Hachimura. And you bring in guys like Karnowski and Zach Collins and all, all these big men, Brandon Clark, all these guys that are great post players. And then you think about some of the people he's had in the past, like Pargo and all these people. He, they created mm-hmm. a real program. So to validate that program and add like another chip, a championship chip program in college basketball would be nice. I believe that's it does feel that's that's the only way that I feel like and it gets the redemption for 2017 because that was such such a great run and they could have easily won the title. But again, they didn't. They lost the race of 69. But it it all sets up possibly for that to be the case. And they've taken their L's. They get those back to back losses to two really good teams that they will probably see later in the tournament. And if they get redemption and run all the way, I think that is the best case scenario for college basketball. But again, it would be boring. But that. And and again, that doesn't really answer the question, which is, what are we waiting for the regular season? Because <laughs> like, yes, the only way that happens like, is the tournament. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I guess the regular that's a tournament season, yeah, story. The regular season, I'm really just waiting for Devontae Kaycock to get a top of the rebounds per game 
You know what I mean? I need him to do that. Carvacho <laughs> from Colorado State right now is leading that with Jordan Murphy right behind him. Kaycox in fourth. So, Mike Dom's involved. Your boy, Kyle's guy, Lamini Diane, is eighth right there. And then John Mooney of Notre Dame is in tenth. But uh, that's a race that I really care about. But it, it's not about me having the answer to this, Mark Titus. You are the man that writes about college basketball. You are the man that knows about the ebbs and flows of regular season. Mm-hmm. What What is next? What matters next? I mean, obviously, Duke Carolina, you know, in February when that's coming up, and then the ACC kind right. of gets to, like, you know, the stretch run of the season. All eyes will be there. I don't really know what else in the Big Ten other than, like you said, Michigan, Michigan State. We're going to keep eyes on that. I don't know if there's a surprise team that will shock people. Even if Kansas State wins, uh, you know, the Big 12, right? It, it won't. I don't know if that'll move the meter. I mean, it would be great for Bruce Weber, you know, after going to the elite, you know, going to the elite eight and taking them there last year, but and obviously to knock off a state program like Kansas. But maybe that's the most exciting thing that could happen. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm at well, a loss. There's a lot of stuff that listen. There's a lot of basketball left to be played. A lot of things can happen. Obviously, I'm not saying I'm not trying to soil the whole season. And um, and and I I just I mean so you, I I brought up the national player of the year race thing. I think that's over. I think the number one pick thing's over. Yeah. I think for by and large, Tate, I think like the conference player of the year races are over and the conferences that matter, like Zion is definitely winning ACC player of the year. There's no doubt in anyone's mind that that's happening. Mm-hmm. I think Grant Williams is a lock to win the SEC player of the year. He yeah. won it last year. 43 He's points. He's been better this year. Yep. Yeah. He, that, that, even at this point in the season, even if Tennessee doesn't win the SEC and Kentucky wins the SEC, I think Grant Williams is still pretty safely a lock to, and the same with, same with Duke and Zion that, that, Virginia wins the ACC by two games. Zion's still winning uh, ACC Player of the Year. I think Diedrich Lawson is a lock in the Big 12 yep. to win Big 12 Player of the Year. Um, and then, so that leaves what? The Big 10 and the Big East as far as like conferences that we care about this year because the Pac-12, <laughs> as we know, mm-hmm. who gives a shit? Yep. Uh, the American also isn't having that great of a year, so I, we don't really give a shit about that one. Um, and then the Big 10, I think, I think Ethan Happ is kind of running away with it. And I think when it comes time to vote, Ethan Happ is going to run away with it. And I know people listening that are Michigan State fans and Purdue fans are saying there's no way in hell that's true. What about Carson Edwards? What about Cassius Winston? I'm with you. Both of those guys are very good. Cassius Winston is playing out of his mind. And yep. I would love to talk. I would love to have a discussion about Cassius Winston a little later, by the way, because I was watching that Iowa game last night. My God, I love that kid. I've I I I've I've not done a 180 on any player over the course of his career like I have with Cassius Winston. Um but but Ethan Happ just like his numbers are mind blowing. He's he's got the narrative behind him. All the not that he's not deserving. It's just that he's he's got the 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 all the forces at play. The sports writers love him. He the coaches love him. everybody loves him. He's probably going to win Big Ten Player of the Year. Um, and then in the Big East, it's like the same sort of thing is true of Marcus Howard, where he's he's getting the push. And and again, it's deserved. Um, Marquette is I think like six and one right now. They're challenging Villanova for the Big East title. Marcus Howard's probably going to win the Big East Player of the Year, and the, really the only contender for that one is Shamori Pons. But as Marquette keeps winning and St. John's loses, that just strengthens Marcus Howard's. So that point, the point there is that even the Conference Player of the Year races aren't really races at this point, in in my eyes. Um, so I'm trying to figure out, like, like the, the the things that stand out are Michigan versus Michigan State, as you said. I think mm-hmm. like not only is the Big Ten title, like in Big Ten country, I know I know in ACC country, you guys don't care about regular season titles. Oh yeah, we uh, do. which is why that's only we only care about regular season titles. Duke only cares about tournament titles. No one cares about. Oh, that, it's though. just Duke. Okay. Yeah, it's just Duke. It's a it's a one man band. Well, the ACC the ACC is the only league in the co- in the country, right? That that only crowns the tournament champion as their official champion and. The regular season champion the, doesn't actually exist. The, yeah, the fix is on in. technicality. Yeah, the fix is in. Yeah. Um, 
But the Big Ten still matters. But beyond the Big Ten, I think Michigan, Michigan State are fighting for the one seed uh, because, like, if you look at the one seeds right now, I think Tennessee is is obviously a one seed. I think Duke is obviously a one seed. I think Virginia is obviously a one seed. And then I think like Michigan, Michigan State. If you're if you're forecasting how this is going to shake out, uh, Michigan, Michigan State are going to be a one seed. Like the whoever survives that battle of of those two teams. Michigan. And you're State. asking yourself, so why? Yeah, like because. Like, why doesn't the same thing apply to Duke and Virginia? Why isn't, like, only one of those guys going to get one seed? Because let's be honest, the ACC is always going to get preferential treatment here. So, um, <laughs> Best league. I don't know, man. I'm trying I'm trying to find my answer. I think, like, I, I'm, I'm gravitating towards Michigan State-Michigan thing. Like, that's the thing I'm keeping my eye on. But that's, even that is, like, do, do people nationally give a shit about that? Or is that just, like, a Big Ten thing? Like, are people in Texas, do they actually care who's going to win the Big Ten and get that last one seed? I don't think they do, do they? I, I mean, I, is it, is it, like, what, what is na- what is what are what is the national story that that people are just getting behind other than Zion Williamson right now? You can tell it's a tough season in college basketball. Where we're asking like open ended existential questions like that about how much interest is you know drumming up. I think the only thing that I can point out that's interesting with all these conference races is you know you got like state races. You got Kansas, Kansas State in the Big 12. You got Arizona, Arizona State uh, in the Pac-12, even though, you know, we're really not acknowledging that. Michigan, Michigan State, we have them going head-to-head uh, in the Big 10, like you said. I mean, I I almost have more interest in some of the teams that haven't won a game in conference play. Like, I have I have more interest in some of, <laughs> some of the teams that are struggling. You know what I mean? Like, I'm more interested, like, what's going on at Wichita State? How do they have the same record in the conference as East Carolina? You know what I mean? Like, what's yeah. going on there? Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking around at, you know, Miami, that Miami situation with, you know, Dewan Hernandez. I mean, that's been, that's been terrible. What happens if Hernandez gets cleared and comes back and Miami, you know, reels off a bunch of games and they make a run to get in the tournament? That's, that's something that might be interesting. I don't know. I mean, if, if I go through, I mean, West Virginia at one and six, what's Huggy Bear going to do? I'm not sure. Got to keep an eye on that. Um, like that stuff is almost more interesting, uh, than some of the stuff at the top because, the regular season is what it is. All these teams that are doing it, I mean, they know how to do it. They know they are machines at this point. They are, they just run them in and make it work because they've been doing it for so long. I mean, Kansas, it doesn't even matter who they're throwing in at this point. You know, they got like uh, David McCormack's coming in the game and he's giving you know quality minutes and, and making things happen. So that's the I, th- I think you brought up the good point. This is the good point that that needs to be made. I don't think this is a problem with, with uh, it, it's. I'm trying to figure out how to say this. You you bring up a good point that that just the that Kansas has so many problems and we've talked about Kansas so much on this podcast this season and how we watched them play and, and something's obviously not right and the chemistry's off and they keep winning and they I know they lost at West Virginia but we called that game they're going they lost at Iowa State they lost at West Virginia spoiler alert they're going to lose at Oklahoma State and double spoiler alert mm-hmm. they're still going to win the Big Twelve and get like a one or a two seed in the tournament yep. um, I don't think they're going to get a one actually I think like if everything fleshes out like it should. Um, because I don't think the Big 12 is that great this year, so um, I think Kansas might be in trouble. But they did beat who they they beat Tennessee and they beat uh they beat Michigan State, right? Yep. Yeah, they beat Michigan State to start the season. Fuck, dude, they might get a one seed after all. <laughs> That's what I mean. That, um, that that fourth one seed is basically it would be either a second ACC team, right, or it would be Kansas but, or one of the Big Ten teams. Yeah, well, I mean, so or the one the seed, fourth, I'm, yeah. I, I think like I think I think Gonzaga's out on the one seed because. I, I think Gonzaga has a very real chance to be the best team in the country um, now that Tilly's back, and they are just absolutely pasting people. But uh, they they lost pretty heavily at Carolina. Um, they lost to Tennessee head to head on a neutral court, uh, and and the West Coast Conference just isn't good. And not not like a typical like 
the West Coast Conference sucks. I mean, even what the the normal bar is for West Coast Conference, it's a down year from that. Um, and Gonzaga is better than everyone. Gonzaga's this is like this might be Gonzaga's best team ever. So um, they're not gonna like they're not helping their resume at all as the season progresses. I don't. I think Gonzaga's out on a one seed. I think Nevada is pretty obviously out. You can't lose to New Mexico by twenty seven mm-hmm. and get a one seed. Yep. Um, I think like Kansas could be in the running. I think Kentucky could be in the running. I mean, if if they theoretically sweep Tennessee and win the SEC, and uh, you know, Kentucky could still sneak in there. They beat they beat Louisville. They beat Carolina. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. Like like you brought up the good point that Kansas with all the problems, like even with Kentucky, like we, we're going into this season, most like all the blue bloods are starting freshman point guards, right? We got Trey Jones at Duke. We got Kobe White at Carolina. We got. Ashton Hagen's at, at Kentucky. It, it, we got the Kansas guys. So w- the the thought is, could this be a year where everything's shaken up? And Villanova has this run where they've won two national titles in three years, but they lost their national player of the year, Jalen Brunson. They lost Mikhail Bridges. They lost Steven Shinzo. Uh, it felt like a year where things were going to be different, Tate. We were going to get some some wild shit going on. And then you look up and like Kansas is still good. Kentucky's still winning. Uh, Duke is still winning. Carolina's like coming along. Um and and we're all like back to where we were. Michigan State's good. Uh, we're we're back to where we were. Except you're kind of watching these teams, and you're like, are these teams as good as they were last year? And I don't know, man. It's it's just very confusing. I can't make sense of it. And, and I know a lot of people are a lot of people are rolling their eyes, saying how perfect that this coincides with Ohio State losing five straight and Indiana losing five straight. That you're coming to this conclusion that college basketball sucks this year. <laughs> That has nothing to do with it. That has absolutely nothing to do with it. I would just say, I, I feel like some of the moments, too, that happened, there was no, it, it's such a stretched out thing. There's no capitalizing on the moment. So Texas beats Carolina. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, this could be a chance. Shaka and Texas, they're, you know, going to get things rolling. And, I mean, th- they haven't, you know, they've been a, a suitable, you know, team. And they've obviously, you know, fared well in the Big 12. But you were waiting for, you know, them kind of, all these teams that we have, like, in mind, we were waiting for them to maybe pop off. You know what I mean? Like, UCLA at the start mm-hmm. of the year, possibly, you know, with hands and all these guys coming back. Uh, obviously, that was a big, you know, miscalculation. But as as we ran through all that stuff, and then it happened, and like, I, I will say this: being at that Champions Classic when we were at that game, just the way that Duke kind of just blew out Kentucky and hit him in the mouth so early, and and the way that the Kansas game, Kansas played so well, but then sort of collapsed with Michigan State at the end. It just uh, it felt like we were already at like we could have put those teams in the tournament right there and had a tournament. You know what I mean? Like we were already ready to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know the the intrigue of it. And I don't know if it's just uh, I, I don't know what it is honestly. But I mean, Dude, I, it's I, a, I, I'm I'm more intrigued by the second. Like NC State to me is the most intriguing team. And Louisville are two teams that I'm very just I will watch them play whenever just because I don't really know what team's going to show up and I feel like they're getting coached and they're getting better and they you know state they have this crazy it's like negative uh in in free throws in a game it's like they're down negative 76 worse than the ACC differential wise something crazy like that like they they just aren't getting any calls so if things start to fade, which is you know very packed pride of me to say but if they you know flip things around and things start. I could totally see them going, you know, into Chapel Hill and getting a win, just because you know, you know, they press and have a great game and they make shots. And you know, your boy Braxton Beverly probably will drop thirty points. And you know, then I'm intrigued because those like second tier Virginia Tech is a team that you're waiting on. But then as things are starting mm-hmm. to unfold, you still see in the ACC, it's Virginia, it's Duke, it's North Carolina, and the Big Ten, like you said, it's Michigan, Michigan State, and it's I don't know. We, it, and it's not a, it's not a problem with dominance. It's not a problem with blue bloods. We are a blue blood enthusiast podcast. But I think the crazy thing to us is that 
we are almost being nitpicky with all these blue bloods where we are finding the flaws, you know, like, you know, Carolina, they're not a great defensive team. They don't, you know, guard the three point shot very well. So, you know, we talk about these little, little things, but they're still the top teams and the top dogs. So even if we are seeing and saying that they are not playing at their, you know, top level, you know, Devin Dotson, you know, has been whatever. And Quentin Grimes has been on and off and Gerald Vick and that whole chemistry issue with Kansas. And as you, as you look at all that sort of stuff that's playing out, we are pointing to all that stuff because, of course, we're going to talk about these teams. But no one has kind of taken the chance to go swing at the crown. You know what I mean? No one, no one's no one's going yes. to grab it. But the team that is doing that, and I think it's, as I'm saying all this, I'm like, well, people are probably going to point right to Tennessee and say Tennessee is that team. And that is a very fair point. But, I mean, you know, Tennessee as a program and Rick Barnes, I mean, if they didn't lose the Loyola last year, they could probably have made a run to the Elite Eight Final Four. I mean, that team was already at this level and then they came back this year with everyone back and they're kind of, again, running it back. So uh, it, it's just, it is what it is. We got top dogs and and it's kind of already settled. So we're just anxious for the tournament to come, I would, I would say. So we have become the common college basketball fan, or at least I feel like I have become the common college basketball fan right, right now. Tennessee, though, also just got taken overtime by a, a what, what were they? 0 and 6. 0 and 5. Yeah. Yeah. 0 and <laughs> Vanderbilt team. So, and, and the SEC. So, yeah, I mean, ten, Tennessee's not like, ten, like I said, Tennessee doesn't play as great a defense as I'll lead you to believe. They, they, they can when they, when they have to, but, um, and, and you and I love Tennessee. I'm not saying I'm out on Tennessee at all. It's just to, to pretend like Tennessee is flawless and, and obviously the number one team in the country. That's, Absolutely not true. Um, so yeah, man, I don't know. All all of this this whole discussion is a long way of saying, Tate, that this is a UConn year. Yes. <laughs> if UConn yes. if UConn can find a way to get into the tournament, may God have mercy on anyone who ends up in their bracket because this has UConn written all over it. And Dan Hurley just like like Dan Hurley's gonna get ejected from four more games before the season ends. And then they're gonna they're gonna win the American Conference Tournament, and then he's gonna go to the Elite Eight and like God damn, everyone's going to be all in on Dan Hurley. Um, this, this just feels like it. This would be a UConn year. And any other year, this would be a UConn year. That's all I'm saying. So, um, can I talk? Can we talk about Cassius Winston a little bit, by yes, the way? Please. I just want to, I want to, I want to briefly spend, I, I just want to talk about Michigan State. Cause as I said, the, the one thing that has my interest is the Michigan State Michigan debate. Uh, Michigan is definitely, Michigan started out hotter. Uh, we were at the Michigan State um, Kansas game. Michigan State looked outmatched pretty much every second of that game. They lose at Louisville, who people thought Louisville sucked at the time. That, that loss is looking better and better every day. But uh, early in the season, Michigan was the good team. Michigan State was like, meh, whatever. Those roles have kind of reversed. That has my attention. Um, so I kind of want to spend a little time on Michigan State because I, I I was watching this game last night at Iowa. And like I said, Cassius Winston uh, has my attention. But also... I guess let's get this out of the way first. Can, can, we, can we get an update on the Josh Langford mystery? Can I do that? Yes, please. Can we All right, pl- let's play the music. Can we play the music, Craig? All right. So here's 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 where we stand on Josh Langford's ankle injury. That is the most mysterious injury, and the 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 talk about it gets more confusing. The more Tom Izzo talks about it, the more confused I'm left. Hate. Uh, so according to my Twitter research. Langford at this Iowa game last night was putting up shots like in the shoot around. Um, he's out there shooting. He's he's shooting jump shots. He looks okay. The boot is off. Uh, and then the game comes around and he's got the boot back on. <laughs> so that's confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Izzo's on Tuesday of this week. So when we recorded the last podcast, like the same day we recorded the last podcast, Tom Izzo says this. He says, I don't think it's going to be weeks and weeks. He's either going to be able to go or he's going to be laid up for weeks and weeks. That was his quote. <laughs> he, he also, I, I have a quote. We're starting to see a little progress here. Yeah. Nice, nice use of the little, just a little, just a little. So, so on Tuesday, on Tuesday, he says, I don't think it's going to be weeks and weeks, but it could be weeks and weeks, but no one really knows. So then on Thursday, which is last night after the Iowa game, he says that Lakeford still has a ways to go yet. His return is not going to be in the near, in the near, near future. He mm. says it twice. And I hope it's not in the far, far future. What does this mean? What does it do? And, and by the way, no one knows what the injury is. We still have no idea. Is it is it bone? Is it ligament? Is it is it an ouchie? What, what if Tom Izzo is just like he's got a little ouchie? He just got a he just got a little boo boo, just a little ouchie. I don't little, I don't really understand <laughs> how, what near near and far far like. What was the point of that? Like in the future, like like because those two they, those would negate each other, right? I mean that's two for two. Cut those out. <laughs> <laughs> and then it would just be the future. Like he will be back in the future. And I'm just like, okay, well, I wish Langford. Josh I wish I was at that press conference. I would have raised my hand after he's like, uh, he's like, I hope it's not in the far, far future. I would raise my hand and be like, Coach, what about the far, far, far future? <laughs> coach, what <laughs> about that? Out? Coach, what about the way, way back? Do you like that movie? <laughs> um, he's like, great. Coach. But then there's also this. So you're so Josh Langford is is still contributing to this team, Tate. Mm. He says Tom Izzo said last night that Josh Langford did an unbelievable job with the young kids at halftime of the Iowa game. So he's in there He's in there giving pep talks. He's still a valuable part of this team. Uh, meanwhile, Kyle, Ar- Kyle Arns, I'm sorry. I, I always Arns. pronounce the, the Arns family. I always called him Aarons just because that's how it looked to me. And then uh, when I met Justin for the first time, who plays at Ohio State, uh, he was like, no, you dumbass, it's Arns. <laughs> um, so I'm still trying to shake through that mispronunciation. But that's all right. uh, Kyle Arns re-injures his back. His status is uncertain. Um I think here's where we stand with all this is that Izzo is basically saying I'm, I'm trying to lose these games and we keep winning and it's very frustrating. Yeah, and seven and Langford's not seven and zero with that. Langford. Yeah, Langford is not coming back until we start losing some games. I, I think what he's trying to say, and they just won't lose. And that brings me to the point I want to make is that Cassius Winston is so goddamn good that he will not let Michigan State lose. And it, I mean, for God's sakes, Tate, do you realize that Cassius Winston is is currently playing? With with basically a bunch of guys who will, won't even ever make a, a, a summer league roster, much less like an NBA roster of regular of an NBA regular season, right? It's basically Cassius Winston. Although I I might take it back on Aaron Henry. I really like that kid, the freshman from uh, Indianapolis. Yeah, I really I really really like him. He's going to be awesome for Michigan State. Um, but it's Cassius Winston, a bunch of dudes that play really hard, play well together uh, individually. Probably don't have much of professional careers to speak of coming coming their way. In the last three games, and, and this is really what all I want to do. I just want to say these stats. In the last three games, Michigan State has played at Nebraska versus Maryland at home and at Iowa. Um, the toughest three-game stretch of their season to this point. Um, they have played these games, as we said, without Josh Langford. Uh, in one of these games, Nick Ward was scoreless. That was the, the game at home against Maryland. Uh, he's in foul trouble, and he only played like 14 minutes. Nick, Nick Ward doing Nick Ward things. Uh, he's scoreless. 21-10 so you, you for Nick. The, yeah, the second best player does nothing against Maryland. Matt McQuaid in these last three games has not shot the ball well at all. Matt McQuaid's been great shooting for most of the season. I think he's shooting like 42, 43% from the three-point line. He hasn't been particularly great the last three games. Uh, so you got Matt McQuaid not shooting well. Nick Ward goes over in one of the games against Maryland. Langford's been out. And in this time, Cassius Winston is averaging 22 points, 
6.7 assists, and he's shooting 48% from the field, Tate. And Michigan State has won all three of these games. The only game that was even kind of close was at Nebraska. They won by six. I don't really have a point here. I just want to say, God bless you. Um, Cassius Winston, I, I take back every bad word I've ever said about you on this podcast. Well, you got you should preface, you should preface it like this. You were talking about Cassius Winston, and now he's just Cash Winston. You know what I mean? He Here made he made the right change from, you know, when it was Trayvon Duval, he was a pretty good player for Duke. And then when he went to Trayvon Duval, then everything changed for the bad. Cassius, all the way around. Things weren't going great. Izzo's yelling at him all the time. You know, doing the, you know, hard yelling at you in your face and then, like, hugging you right afterwards. And then, you know, starts calling him Cash. He starts becoming Cash. And, I mean, you talked about UConn. It being a UConn year. I do feel like the Big Ten, I mean, even though I've already done the whole Gonzaga thing, I do feel like it could be a Big Ten year where, again, mm. it, you know, it, it, it plays out that way where, you know, Cassius a.k.a. Cash, becomes basically Mateen Cleaves in the tournament, and uh, everything starts to roll. And Josh Langford, like you said, they won seven games without Langford. Langford hasn't played in 2019. And the man shoots is shooting 40% from three. Now, I mean, we are both skeptical on that number. We both were shocked as shots were going in. But if Nick Ward can continue to be uh, the presence that he has been getting up and down the floor, which I've been impressed with, I, we make a lot of Nick Ward jokes here, but I've been impressed by Nick Ward, uh, at least in the past three or four games. But if you get Langford back and he's hitting shots and then you have Cash Winston in the tournament that when you need a bucket, you got a guy to get a bucket and he's, you know, getting seven to ten assists, something like that. And uh, you have a point guard that can lead your team, play good defense, have a little bit of toughness about you, have a coach like Tom Izzo, uh, a man that's trying to get his March title back from John Beeline. That's the real battle to mm-hmm. see who Mr. March is. Um, I think it all sets up possibly for just based on how they're playing right now. I mean, if you were to take stock in it, Michigan State is the team. Um, to really, really, really keep an eye on because, like you said, you know about the drought for the Big Ten, so it's about time that it comes back in the 21st century. Oh, we know century. all about the drought. You, you need it, you need it to know. happen. You need it for Sparty. And then you get Magic Johnson. You need Magic Johnson and LeBron at the game. You know what I mean? That There you go. That could work out. I think there's some sort of... Uh, by the way, what, what's interesting, too, is that the best teams of the Big Ten... I, ma- I made this point a couple times already, but I'll, I'll reiterate it. Uh, Michigan and Michigan State don't have... Uh, there are guys that are for, like I, I guess Poole and Brazdakis could could be first rounders eventually. I don't really know. I'm not a I'm not a draft expert on on where these guys are going to end up. Between Michigan and Michigan State, I'm I'm pretty confident in saying there's zero lottery picks. There's zero like guys who are are can't miss NBA prospects, right? Yeah. And uh, it seems kind of fitting that that Maryland, uh, the the like like Michigan is really excited about this. I, I saw Michigan fit the, the McDonald's All American rosters were released. Yep. This week. And uh, Michigan, once again, has no McDonald's All-American rost- on their roster. And I saw tweets about Michigan fans like actually being excited about that, that that's like a point of pride for Michigan, that they they recruit like three-star guys and then they win with those. Um, all that is to say, remember, uh, uh, Mar- Maryland's the only team that's won a national title without a McDonald's All-American, right? Yes. They are. Juan they were Dixon, in the ACC Blake, at the time. Lonnie Baxter, Chris Wilcox. They were the in boys. the ACC at the time, but they're mm-hmm. now in the Big Ten, Tate. Um, <laughs> oh, my so goodness. It, are you going to transit a pro- you going to transit a property take the national title away from them from the Terps? I'm saying we're getting a we're getting another uh this could be a Michigan year. D- Michigan State probably has some Gary Williams face right? is turning some, red right now. One of those guys probably. I can has. see it. Yeah. Matt McQuaid made a McDonald's All-American was a McDonald's All-American. I'm sure one of the guys on Michigan State was. Um but anyway, I'm saying <laughs> that 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 Maryland team was not uh I, they had good players. Everybody calmed down. I know they were good, but they that was kind of their MO was like, we're we're three stars and unheralded and all that kind of shit. 
but, and then they won, and that would be awesome to to have it come full circle. And then uh, that's what the, these Big Ten teams are all about. So there you go, Tate. And it's kind of a you sign. It was kind of a sign of the times too, because you know you had that Maryland team playing tough defense, and then the Pistons were doing the same thing against the Lakers. You know what I mean? It would be nice if you know the the Duke is basically ends up being like that that Lakers team. You know what I mean? Where everyone knows and expects them to do some things and and win because they got Kobe and Shaq, and they got Zion and RJ. Ooh, and then I like that. and then you got you know. The, the defensive-minded team to come in and, you know, hit them in the mouth a little bit. I mean, think about if that South Carolina team from 2017, if P.J. Dozier and Thornwell and those guys played against this Duke team. I mean, obviously, that team did beat, did beat mm-hmm. a Duke team, but they weren't going against Zion. I mean, but that would be a great matchup just to see, you know, if someone's going to go at Duke, it's going to be someone trying to be tough, trying to set the tone, uh, you know, pressing a little bit. Something that Rick Pitino would probably do if he was at Louisville when he was playing Duke. Um, but or West Virginia could do it if they well, they're not going to make the tournament. But a, a team like that that could kind of really get in their grill. I mean, Michigan State is, I mean, that's kind of the perfect example because if Trey Jones is back, I mean, that changes a little bit of everything. But if Alex O'Connell is bringing the ball up and Cassius Winston is, you know, putting a little bit of a pressure on him, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that that's a tough that's a tough matchup for Duke. But again. Uh, I think I'm just speaking and hope I'm thinking I'm just wishing things into the world at this point. Uh, Michigan, by the way, I, I had this note I should mention on Michigan state and, uh, Michigan just to wrap this up. Yeah. Um, Mich- Michigan state has won 23 of their last 25 big 10 games that they played 23 of the last 25 times they've stepped onto the court with another big 10 team. They have won. Wow. Um, the two losses Tate were to which teams do you remember? I'll answer it for you. Both of them were Michigan. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, mm. yeah. So, Michigan State is wiping the floor with everybody, but they've lost to Michigan twice. In fact, they've lost three in a row to Michigan. So, even though... I was really hoping it was going to be Rutgers State is, or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other team... So, they've actually won 23 of 26. The other game they lost was uh, at Ohio State. Mm. The, uh, the the Dockage half-court shot and then... Yeah, when we like beat the hell out of Michigan State last year when they were number one in the country. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, and then the season ended and we won the national championship that day. That's how I remember it. <laughs> um, up, baby. So I'm saying to, to to put a bow on this, Michigan State's training up. Michigan not training down, but you know you know what I mean. Michigan fans, you guys, you, you had the close one against Minnesota. You had the you haven't looked dominant like like the you're sleepwalking against Illinois. I know you won by ten that game, but. Michigan has not been the the Michigan that was running Carolina off the floor and running Villanova off the floor and destroying Providence and um, they've not been the same team. Having said all of that, uh, they have owned Michigan State recently. They've won three straight against them. So that is that is one thing I'm interested to see shake out. Uh, oh, I had I had this note too. Do you know Tennessee's never won? Um, speaking speaking of uh, things I'm interested in, Tennessee has never won back to back SEC titles. So I guess that could be kind of interesting, right? The Tennessee Kentucky battle. Sorry, LSU, I don't actually believe in you. Even though you're 5-0 and right now, I don't actually think you're going to contend for the SEC title. Um, the Tennessee-Kentucky battle could be pretty interesting. That would Kentucky be... Could, or, or Tennessee could win for the first time in the program's history. Since 1932, the SEC's been around, and Tennessee has never won two straight regular season titles. And those are good fan bases to go at each other because I have dealt with both of them uh, being at games, uh, both in Lexington and also at a Music City Bowl against Tennessee. And they uh, they are meant for like they are perfect. If you want an atmosphere, 
and you want people talking back and forth and having a good time, uh, and maybe a not so good time, depending on how how, <laughs> thing, how things are playing out on the court. I mean, those two fan bases are great They're, for the SEC. I mean, that that may look like a football game if you have you know Tennessee is let's say Tennessee is you know let, let's keep them at number one for now, and they're playing against Kentucky, who's like number eight, number nine, getting hot. Uh, you know, Hagens is playing well, getting a bunch of steals, and then you got Schofield, you know, talking to the crowd, waving to the crowd. I. Uh, we should go to that game. We we should we should figure we really that should. out. Yeah, that is that is a that is a matchup. That is an atmosphere. Both fan base both fan bases think think the others are inbred rednecks and like they think I they think their fan base is like sophisticated. over one Kentuckian. You're like okay. <laughs> like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I say oh that because God. that was what was yelled at me one time, and I was like, I don't know how to respond to that. I remember going to my first IU Kentucky game and I got that experience is like all these hillbillies from Southern Indiana. There's just like the way they talk shit about Kentucky. And I was like, dude, I remember being like seven years old. I'm like, dude, that's you. <laughs> I'm like, dad, like, even my dad would talk shit. Like, I'm like, dad, aren't you kind of a redneck a little bit yourself? And he's like, that don't matter. They're more of a redneck. <laughs> yeah. It's actually not like real insults. Like you don't mean what you're saying. You know what I mean? But you got, it's for, yeah, emphasis. it's for emphasis. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta kind of set the tone, uh, which is, it, I dropped out of high school <laughs> when I was in 10th grade. They dropped out in ninth grade. Those, <laughs> you wish you had an Adolf Rupp to be proud of. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, one note on Tennessee, and then we can move on uh, to whatever the hell else is next on this show. What is um, I, I, I was I was fleshing out the SEC race, and mm. uh, Tennessee's schedule is absolutely brutal down the stretch. Yeah. That might be something to keep an eye on. Maybe, maybe this is the answer to the question, is the SEC, the, the SEC title, because... I don't know. I've 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 said that I want a, a, an SEC contender to arise with Kentucky and to have someone be consistently good. Tennessee winning back-to-back titles would be pretty sweet. Uh but Tate, mm. on February 16th they play at Kentucky. This is this is their this is how they close out the regular season. February 16th at Kentucky, February 19th versus Vanderbilt who they almost just lost to and and very easily could have lost to. Uh February 23rd at LSU who's undefeated. February 27th at Ole Miss, who was playing well and slipping a little bit late, but, you know, a ranked team on the road against a ranked team. March 2nd versus Kentucky. Mm. March 5th versus Mississippi State, who is ranked. And they close the season March 9th at Auburn. That is brutal. That is one, two, three, four road games out of seven. And, like, pretty much everyone they're playing is ranked. And the one team that's not ranked is the team that almost just beat them and took them to overtime. So... Spin zone, spin zone. That is a very good uh, precursor for the tournament to go through and play all those games because they're going to go through yeah. uh, pretty much go through the ringer. No pun intended there, but uh, before they get in the tournament, which is nice. Uh, I think that's I think, Rick, Rick Barnes. I, I think that's what they want, man. That, that Tennessee team they yeah. want they want to have you know tough games like they want to gut it out and they want to prove that they can out tough you to win games and uh, that is what you want in the tournament. That is uh, that's something Kimba Walker had. And that's why UConn. Mm-hmm. That's why UConn won uh, in that terrible, terrible year of college basketball. Let's hope that. Let's hope that things get better and brighter as uh, as we move on. Because I do think teams are getting better. Honestly, as I sort of go through. I mean, you know, we talked about Michigan going down a little bit, but there there is a there is a group of teams that are at least uh, hopefully going to trend upward as we move on. Is there anything else as far as like major storylines in college basketball? I'm just trying to figure it out. I mean, I don't think so. I yeah. think. Uh... <laughs> I think um what is what is our thesis here today that we were trying to solve on this podcast? I think it's uh I don't know. 
we, we just got to remain credible. You know, like you and I, if we, we're not the types that are going to get on here and tell you that college basketball is awesome every single time we do a podcast. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, to, to, to maintain credibility, you got to be willing to be like, hey, I'm kind of bored by some of this shit, to be honest with you. Do you, know, um, do you know what I think is the most interesting thing? And this is the only nugget that I have. The Citadel, a team that we've talked about before, a great military school, of course. Just kidding. Uh, 92 points per game, first in the country. And they're one and seven in conference play. Mm, how, that? How, many, how many points are they giving up? And how are those teams not how, the, how are those teams not ranked up with their scoring offense? I don't understand that. Um, so maybe offense is dead. Maybe it's back to defense. Virginia number one scoring defense, fifty two point four points per game. Michigan number three, fifty seven. Uh, yeah. So that's we should also that's interesting defense. We should maybe. also reiterate Wins that uh, if you are a fan. <laughs> If you are a fan of one of the teams that's very excited about how the season's going, I don't mean to piss on your parade. Uh, I really don't. Like we're Tennessee not. fans, you should be very excited. We're not. That's not what we're doing. We're, no. we're just trying to. I'm trying to understand uh, what a national audience cares about. And honestly, it's Zion. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. much it. It's four letters. <laughs> that's like. That's really it. It's like that's the point we've arrived at. Is that like the only thing that people generally care about? Is is Zion Williamson, and um, I can't say honestly. I really want to be cynical and and roll my eyes at ESPN and how they cover him and all that shit. But I, I, yeah, I don't know. Just looking over, it, it's like nothing really grabs your attention. Um, although maybe Chris, what about the Chris Clemens, Mike Dom race for three thousand? But even that, like, I, I, I think I looked that up the other day. I think both those guys are are very easily going to get three thousand career points. Wasn't that a thing like going into the season? Yeah, we were wondering if they could. They're trying to see. Yeah, yeah they're both trying to miss the three thousand. Uh, shout out Bernie Mac. That I think was, they're both. Yeah. I think they're both very. If I remember right, when I looked it up, it was like both of them are. Yeah, they're they they can like fall off a cliff, and only score like fifteen a game the rest of the way and probably still get it. Um. So. I don't know, man. Uh, well, uh, hopefully there'll be something that happens. Kansas plays Kentucky this weekend. Uh, maybe a fight breaks out. Maybe uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Speak into existence. That's really make it happen. Uh, I, I mean, I think I think I think really the problem is this. The problem is this. The FBI thing fucked us. Dude. Yeah, we need it really more. did. Like, like we set the bar so high with last season, where it was like it, it just it, it was so exciting that that every everybody was going down and. Patino content we had for days and oh my god it just like never stopped it was so perfect and now there's like nothing the the off the course stuff it's really like if you want to celebrate like the great stuff in college basketball there's there's not a ton of great teams there's like really no great teams um there are teams that are playing well but there's no team that that I as of right now if the season ended today and you asked me like 20 years from now what would I remember about this season? I would, honest to God, probably just say Zion Williamson. And I wouldn't even say this Duke team. I would just be like Zion Williamson. Um, so if you're trying to look for like the good things, there, there's nothing like super exciting yet. Yet. We still have the tournament. Everybody calm down. Um, and then on the flip side, if you're looking for shit to just crash and burn and point and laugh, like it's basically what the Pac-12 and UCLA and, and Steve Alford and that's it. And that happened. And that's, that's, that that came in. That came and went yeah. so quickly that it was, uh, you know, almost like Rick Pitino. I mean, it was just. It, we don't have Kevin Stallings anymore. We don't have Pitino anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't have the FBI anymore. It's like, I need something. Can it, all the all the coaches listening and the SIDs and I know I know there are players that listen. Please, we need something. We need some goddamn content. Like, do something. Somebody do something. And it's crazy too because do something. Like Jay Z's <laughs> at a pit. Jay Z's at a Pittsburgh game. You know what I mean. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So how's Jay Z at a Pittsburgh game, and still that doesn't really move the. It just didn't move no, the he, meter. You know, he went I mean? to he went to pit games last year, didn't he? 
didn't Stallings have him to pick games last year? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he or, did. Or maybe I'm misremembering. Well, no, they played in the same softball league, and uh, there was a little bit of beef there. I think that's why he didn't cover <laughs> the games. But uh, yeah, he. so uh, the only thing that I was thinking of is I'm just sitting here. It's like how this could work is that if someone can say go to it, you know what I mean? If one of these, if Herb Sendek, you know, after getting blown yes. out by Gonzaga, sat down and was like, I'm going to write a book that is going to expose the under the <laughs> underbelly of college basketball. <laughs> that is that is pretty uh, much all that we need. We just need someone to write that book. Um, I don't know. No, who, you know what? You know I don't what? Really know who that man is. Than, it might be us. More than anything, let's just make it up. We'll the, see what you, happens. You know the way we really save this season. The one thing that would save everything is if Mark Schleybach released the tapes. Yes, that, that's all we need, Mark. Come on, just Mark. release the tapes, and you can save the season. You can be the hero. No one will even be mad that you got it wrong at first. Just release the tapes, and we are uh, we will be kissing your feet. That's all it takes. Release the tapes, Mark. And Do you, it now. You'll win the Duffy. <laughs> like you will, it will be a guaranteed Duffy. You, you, yes. That is a guaranteed. What else do you want? Oh, God. Um, all right. Let's get to Dirty Laundry. Let's salvage the show that people are like, God damn, what a depressing show you guys are talking about. <laughs> well, you're, in, basketball you're in 10 well, degree weather in Ohio, and I, I, know, and I, know, I am really about to go is. buy Long John's to go to Minnesota. So I think I think the, the winter is really good to us, you know? It's, it's you know, slowly it, dude, happening. It's, it's not a fun time. It's a... It's a it's a it's a bad time of year for, and in, in all seriousness, that, that, that bring this up. Maybe this isn't the best time to tell this story, but I think it's kind of funny. And it, and it uh, my dad like called me the other day because uh, you know I've been pretty I've been open about my problems with mental health. Yeah. And I, I wrote something on on my Twitter about how I've struggled with depression before and all that. So my dad calls me the other day, and um, I've I I haven't really been down. It's just like it's fucking winter. It's cold every day. Like I just sit inside my house and just like want it to be warm and yeah it fucking sucks and and this it's gray skies every time we go outside whatever so my dad calls me the other day to cheer me up and and uh he said something like uh hey mark did you know today's like the most depressed day of the year <laughs> or something like that <laughs> You're like, hey dad thanks i was like oh <laughs> i was like oh dad i was actually just taking my depression reading this morning <laughs> i was i put the thermometer in my mouth and i pulled it out and i said you're really fucking depressed. Yeah. Uh, well, like, maybe maybe it was his olive branch, you know, to say, look, there's yeah, every, everyone else is, you know, dealing with the same thing. I I get that. My no, my back is making me depressed. And, I know. And and Zion needs to do something to make me know. Zion, help God us damn. out. We're pulling for it's Slaybach and Zion have to save us. Give, yeah, no. give us the I content. Know. Yell at RJ. That's what I need. That's what we really. That's the best thing that I could have happen. Is RJ is shooting no 40, shit, dude. 40 Can we times get some a game. Content? Yeah, and Zion and Zion finally snaps. Like he finally stops being a good teammate and is just like, dude, give me the ball. That's what I want. I want. I want that clip instead of Have you ever shot that shot? I want Zion to say, "Give me the effing ball in the huddle." <laughs> that's what I want. Um. Uh, uh, what was I gonna say? I don't remember. Let's get the dirty laundry. Let's just do it. Let's just do it, man. Let's let's we'll get, get let's let's make this a let's let's lighten it up and have some fun stories from the people, uh, the yeah, friends of the. That's program. what the people really want. That's what we need. Yeah, we. Craig we brought him down. Now let's bring him back up and end it on a good note. Craig, is your mic on? Yeah, you can you can offer some Craig. you can offer some thoughts on this. Producer Craig here. Kyle at Sundance. Sundance Kyle. Yeah. Um, I will say this. Uh, if Rob Reiner is at Sundance, and I don't know if he is. Boy, is he going to be upset when he sees Kyle smoking all those cigarettes. He is gonna- <laughs> it is going to be uh it is going to be hilarious. I would love for that to to break out. Like Kyle- Rob Reiner turns on uh Kyle at Sundance. Can we we, we should have like got a goo. Uh, give him the precious goo. He's going to have the butter to get out of the We should have put a wire on Kyle. 
we really needed to put a wire on Kyle and just and and have him talk to all the people that he's meeting at Sundance and uh, and see how many he invites to the dark room. He's like, "Oh, you live in L.A." You ever been to the dark room? <laughs> I'm just going to send him the video of the it's, butt out, like the anti-smoking campaign, the dance that makes all the kids go smoke cigarettes afterwards. <laughs> like, like, I'll do anything not to be like those guys. <laughs> uh, uh, that, it's gonna, I can't believe it's be our, producer, our podcast producer who got a tattoo of the letters of the show on his forearm yes. on a whim Yes, just gave it zero thought. That man is now at one of the most prestigious film festivals in the entire world. And he's just rubbing elbows with the, uh, the Hollywood elites. And let's be Absolutely hon- hysterical. And let's be honest. And he's wearing jorts as he does it. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> there'll be better people for it. That's for sure. Producer Kyle. Yeah. Producer Kyle imparts some wisdom amongst those people, which will be nice. He needs to be there. All right. Let's get to the, let's get to the stories. Craig, chime in if you have something interesting to say. If you do not have anything interesting to say, please keep your mouth shut. Uh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the guidelines. Oh, the first the, the first one's not a story. It is uh just some guy I, I felt like adding this to the list tape because someone said uh we were friends of the program and and we are uh the coaches of a small D two NAIA program here. Whoa, that is really small. Division two NAIA. Nice. We will let you track fouls from behind the bench or even on the bench if you would like. We have a st- we have a staff total of three p- people, so we need all the help we can get. Plus the school only pays our assistants twenty thousand dollars. Uh, between everybody for the entire year. So needless to say, it's hard to track stats when you're constantly thinking about your other job as a golf course attendant and substitute teacher. <laughs> wow. Man. That's dedication. That's rough. That's dedication to the game. That is... I think that's the exact opposite of what we were trying to accomplish of cheering everybody up. Like, talking about... <laughs> can, can they... Uh, I can, I'm down to FaceTime in. Like, if they could... If I could call one of their phones and they just put me, like, on FaceTime on the bench, I'm down mm-hmm. to keep stats. I don't know if I can make Remember it Remember the, the game. episode... I don't know why this came to mind. There's an episode of Modern Family I remember uh, that Phil Dunphy was on an iPad and they attached him to like a Segway scooter yes, or something. And yes. he was just like following his family. That could be us. You're just like we create some iPad FaceTimes on Segways and that's then we could do that. <laughs> then we're at all the games. Um, that's how we cover it all. All right, let's get to the stories. Let's do it. I am the radio voice of a mid-major program in the South. I've had the position for several years now but first got hired not long out of college and liked to party a little too much on road trips. In my second year, we played in a coastal town and stayed on the beach. One of my best friends from college was in the area, so we went out for drinks the night before the game. It was also the same night that Uber launched in this city, so all rides were free. We bar hopped all night until ending at one bar on the beach. We took shots of fireball, in parentheses, always a bad choice, which essentially ended my night. I woke up an hour later on the floor of the men's room. I walked out and found that the bar was closed and I was the only one left. I managed to exit the building out onto the beach and identified my hotel a short walk away. I got to the hotel and tried the key to Noivelle. Finally, it dawned on me that this wasn't my hotel, but instead was the hotel that I'd stayed at on spring break trip in college a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kept walking south along the beach and tried periodic hotels with no luck. I finally got to the last one on the strip and decided if this wasn't it, I was sleeping on the sand that night. The key fortunately worked, and I stumbled into my room. The next day, I laid in bed until it was time to leave for the game, and I've never said less on a broadcast than I did that day. Luckily, my analyst didn't know the wiser and just filled in the gaps for me. To add to the misery, the team also played one of its worst games of the season, and we lost. So there you go. Well, I will say this. Was that Woody Durham? (laughs) I I wish. That would be amazing. (laughs) But I will say, I appreciate you filling in the gaps for me uh, these days with my back problem. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> that is that is me on this podcast. Yeah, that is, is that like, is a hundred percent true. We're, I, I, we're I am, about to record. I'm you're very, like, my back's fucked. I need you to talk a lot. Yeah, I'm very appreciative <laughs> for you for doing that. All right, uh, we have we have another uh, broadcasting story. I'm working with the broadcast team for a small D3 school on the East Coast. In our first home game, our coach in his first year yelled, "You were taking you, oh, I'm sorry, you were talking all that shit this off season uh, to our returning All Conference player after a turnover." This was clearly heard by the few viewers at home as well. I found it funny because this was uttered in a completely empty gym without a hardwood floor. What <laughs> a gym without a hardwood floor? Yeah. And with only the school president in attendance. Here's my favorite part of the story. And then he, he ends the story by saying this. We have struggled since as a team. <laughs> yeah, I bet. What are they playing on a blacktop? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> the coach uh, says, you were talking all that shit this offseason to... Oh, God. That's funny. On a fucking carpet. Or it might have been a church. One of those... You ever played in a church oh, gym? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like the little kids gym or whatever where you could like put the goals yeah, down to like seven feet and start throwing alleys at each other. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Maybe it was one of those. Uh, I went to an America East school and the student population was incredibly white. The owner of the restaurant I worked at said that all members of the football team and basketball team only had to pay five bucks for any meal they had. NCAA violation, uh, mm. if I may say so. Mm. Um, this policy led to an unintended consequence, namely that every single black customer at the restaurant only had to pay five bucks for every meal they had because the people working the register never wanted to ask if they played football or basketball and just assumed they did. <laughs> nice. Hey, <laughs> That that is that it's, is things working out in the right way in society. Oh that well, is, yeah. yeah, that worked out. That is, I, I like to I like to picture like like all the all the black groups like there's a family and one guy's like super offended and wants to speak up and all the other guy like how racist this is and the other guy's like shut the fuck up dude we're getting a discount. I want like okay my bad my I, bad I would Keep want cool. I want like Donald Faison from Scrubs to like go in there in his doctor jacket and then them still give him the five dollars. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> he's like I'm a doctor obviously <laughs> he's like I can pay you normal price like Bill uh, Russell's in there yeah. you got like a senior citizen black dude and you're like wow well you're 6'9 and black you must be a, a player on the basketball team man that is just uh, that is hilarious wow God bless the American East, Con- East Conference alright we got we got three we got three more mm. I played university basketball in Canada in the early 2000s. As we didn't have managers and I never played, I figured this story counts. Uh, so he's saying this, this story, he, he's saying he was basically a manager on the team, even though he was a player. Uh, after a blowout loss to Carlton, yes, that Carlton, we got to the locker room hoping it would be a quick postgame talk so we could all get ready to hit the bar before, our co- uh, before last call. Our coach realized why everyone was so antsy to get out of the locker room and hit us with this line verbatim. Quote, I realize everyone here is looking to get home and start boozing, but if I were you guys, the only thing I would want to drink is battery acid because I would want to kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) Was that Kevin Stallings? (laughs) Uh, He then proceeded to tell us that the previous year's team looked like they had walked out of Gold's Gym while we looked like we had just walked out of Aunt B's fucking sewing circle. (laughs) He asked us if we (laughs) were lifting. The team's like, who is Aunt B? Oh, he asked us, "Oh, we're, he asked us if we were lifting, and we all said yes." His response was, "What have you been lifting? Cans of honey?" <laughs> what? I, That's so Canadian. I'm, I'm not laughing at like the lie of the, the the honey is the funny part. Yes. Like of all the things you could pick, he picked cans of honey. Um, he definitely had syrup in there, and they they took that. He was like, "That's too on the nose." Yeah, was like honey, honey will work. Honey will do. Uh, needless to say, we went on to lose for the next two years till he was fired to prove my status as basically a manager during a particularly tough stretch with our starting backcourt injured and our two guards 
getting into foul trouble before halftime. The coach came into the locker room pissed off and in front of the whole team, he yells at the two guards, quote, you guys have to be smarter out there because of your foul trouble. I have to play him. And then he pointed at me with a sigh and he asked them, don't you see how much that hurts us? <laughs> <laughs> Do you see? Do you see? All the, that is all the same story. So that sounds like a fun coach. Yeah. I like that guy. Anyone fun that times. starts a sentence, I played university basketball is probably Canadian. Mm-hmm. All right. We have two more, I think. Yeah, two more. Um, I was a bench warmer for my sixth grade AAU team that played in a small state in the Midwest. Our coach was one of the ultra intense dads who coached every game like it was game seven of the NBA finals. Okay, so you're from Indiana and you grew up during the Bob Knight era. Cool. Nice. Gotcha. Nice. Uh, the, the story goes like this. We were playing a game in an out-of-town tournament and coach had already gotten a technical in the first half for one of his outbursts. One of the refs who had done a bunch of our games already was tired of his shit and kept calling or kept telling the coach to calm down or he was going to eject him. And the second half, we were losing by not that much. Uh, and then he put in parentheses, I know this because I wasn't in the game yet. And there was a questionable call. Our coach lost it and the ref tossed him. As he was walking off the co- court, our coach asked the ref very loudly, hey ref, can I get a tech for thinking something? The ref responded, no. Our coach proceeded to say, good, because I think you suck. (laughs) (laughs) And the ref hit him with a third technical as he was walking out of the gym. This is one of my all-time favorite memories, and I am still in firm belief that my sixth-grade AU coach is the only person in basketball history to get three techs in one game, which you would actually be wrong about because Bob Knight did get three techs in 1998. I will never forget this as long as I live. Ted Valentine Tate teched up the general three times against Illinois mm. at senior night, 1998. Oh my goodness. Of course People he forget. did. TV yeah. Teddy. Maybe this guy isn't from Indiana because I, I swear he would remember that. Yeah. Night, night, uh, Luke Recker gets, yeah, look at, I think this, I think it's on YouTube when he got ejected. Luke Recker gets hurt on a drive to the basket. Knight had already gotten one tech. Oh yeah. I think I've seen um, this clip before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if I re- dude, if I remember right, I think like the first tech Knight got that game. <laughs> I, I think he's so like in the post game press conference, he's talking about it. And uh, he gets like someone asked him what happened on the first tech, and he said that like Ted Valentine walked over to the huddle to talk shit, and and Knight said something to him like it was basically like it, it, the only reason to come over here is to give me a technical foul, otherwise get the hell out of my huddle. And mm-hmm. then TV Teddy t- teed him up. Of course he did. <laughs> it, it was like like I forget what the exact quote was, but Knight said something like basically what do you the, you know you know the 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 picture of the news the 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 meme on the internet that says the uh, what are you gonna do stab me and it's a quote attributed to a stab victim yeah it was it was that sort of thing with Bob Knight he was like <laughs> Teddy what are you gonna do tee me up and then he got a tech and then uh, Luke Recker gets hurt and then he goes out to like talk to Luke Recker and Ted Valentine gives him a tech because Valentine thought Knight was coming to talk to him like he thought Knight was walking onto the court to talk to him. <laughs> And then Knight fucking loses it. You really should look this up on YouTube. Everyone I, listening that hasn't seen it. Not, yeah. I, yeah. I, we played this at our live show, I'm pretty sure, in the uh, in the Bob Knight. Oh, did Bob, we? In the Requiem for Bob Knight. Yeah, we, it was just the uh, video clip for this. Yeah, I got it pulled up right now. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is, and it's a classic moment. It is like the last great moment of Bob. I just wish that we had another coach like that that would do that these days. I mean, I guess Bob Huggins would do it. But I, I want someone to own that, you know, technical foul court. Like what Rasheed Wallace did in the NBA. It was like I get technical Dude, fouls. It's what it is. What it is. You want, you want to not to be a. a, a I, I don't even know if I'm doing shit anymore. Like, can you imagine this podcast if if we had the old Big East? <laughs> we, oh my gosh! <laughs> I can't say the old Big East without laughing. Uh, but it was the old Big East and Bob Knight and oh my god! You want to talk about a lack of content, dude? That would be. That would be so fucking awesome. Yeah, Dan Dockage is a player to talk about. I mean, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> 
<laughs> also, ooh, also I forgot a. Uh, if you read my book, you remember John Gross, yeah, former coach at Illinois, who was an assistant at Ohio State, once gave Jamar Butler four technical fouls in a in a practice one yes. time. Yes. So there's also that story. People forget. Uh, all right, last one, and this one's especially for Tate. This will get your back feeling better, Tate. This is like, uh, this is this is like going to see Doctor Feelgood for you. This is uh, this is everything. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were saying Doctor Phil. Good. I was like, uh, he's right down oh. the road. <laughs> all right, uh, I live in Durham and know the owner of a local hardware store. A couple weeks ago, they had a bunch of stuff stolen from behind the store. Uh, and then he, he explains pallets, landscaping paper, various other stuff. Flash forward to last Saturday morning where the GM of the hardware store is watching TV and sees a, sees a story about Krzyzewskiville and the students tenting. He recognizes all the stolen stuff on TV. The Duke students had stolen it to help set up the tent village. He gets in his truck, drives to Duke's campus and yes. calls campus police. The students had to take down their tents, give him the stuff back, and Duke Athletics had to cut a check to the hardware store. I'm trying to nominate him for the Tar Heel of the Year award, and I'm sure Kay has squashed any media coverage of the scandal. <laughs> CTC, cut that check. Cut that check. I love that. That's good. That is good news. I'm glad to see that the because uh, you know Durham is the home of NC Central, not the home of Duke. So I'm I'm sure this guy was a uh, just a classic Eagles fan. I was like, I'm not putting up with this. And these these kids, like, come on, you're gonna go rob this guy? You go to Duke, you can pay for it. Mm-hmm. What are you doing, crazy? Yeah. That's crazy. That was, oh, man. That, that was That's like, it. That was the right side of history move right there, Mark Titus. That's for sure. Um, You got anything else before we go? Shout-outs to give? I want to shout-out Devin Booker and Gorgie Dang for uh, any time that we have college basketball that uh, seeps up into the NBA. That is good for us. Uh, th- those two guys were about to fight each other. Carl Towns, Cal's guy. Uh, Cal's guy a few times. Uh, he said he would defend Gorgie in that situation. Teammates uh, with the T-Wolves. That was a nice moment, though. Booker and him having, like, the Kentucky-Louisville thing kind of ripple up and mm-hmm. almost turn into a fight. And then Devin Booker, I mean, I don't know if you saw all this, but apparently he's just got tons of future superstars in the NBA that are that are popping up everywhere. So uh, my man's shooting. He's putting up 70 points in games and uh, also getting in fights. So this is good for the NBA because I'm, I'm an early 2000s NBA person, so I, I need more of this in the NBA. I need more fights, especially if they're based around, like, college rivalries. Well, did you uh did you watch that game that they played? Yeah. You did you watch the actual game or did you just uh hear about it on Twitter or something? No, I mean I haven't I mean I was watching NBA. That's perfect. I was flipping back and no, forth no, no. between the games. No. Yeah. No, that's perfect because I want to bring up uh uh the tweet uh from Sam Amico who who tweeted that uh he, he put out that uh apparently NBA ratings are down by a lot. But uh <laughs> what? But people are but people are reading about the NBA more than ever. And um, yeah, that feels good. Th- that's a right side of history for you and I. That, uh, I don't know. What do you you scratch that- your head sometimes. <laughs> you're like, are people actually watching these fucking games? Or do you just like look at GIFs on Twitter and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and browse the NBA Reddit and have comments? And as it turns out, we have data to back it up. So thank you, for Sam Amico, for that tweet because we can just keep pointing to that whenever... Whenever I get a hard on for all the NBA fans and how they don't actually watch basketball, I can just point to your tweet and be like, suck it, haters. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Man. Take that. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, Sister Jean. Tough year for her. Tough mm. year for the Ramblers. Uh, go to the Final Four last year. Everyone was expecting, we got we to gotta get back to the Final Four. That's what everyone said. They said, if, if Loyola Chicago does not get back to the Final Four, it almost invalidates their first trip and they get exposed as frauds. 
Um, I felt like that was a little harsh for people to say that going into the year, but you know, I can't control what the public thinks, State. That's what they thought about this team going in. Um, they just lost to Missouri State 70 to 35. And I I think they, if I have my math right, if I remember seeing this right, I think they scored like 11 points in the second half. So what's going so, on? Yeah, I mean, good guy. Yeah. <laughs> good guy of the year, Sister also, Jean, really, really making making waves right now. Pretty good. <laughs> we have not, uh, yeah, it's weird. We have not gotten a Sister Jean update in a little while. That's, uh, that's interesting. Mm, that's mm. weird. Because I was told, I was told it was less about like, yeah, I thought it was just like a everyone liked the story, but it's like no one really likes the story. It's almost like people were exploiting her for their own gain because they didn't know shit else about Loyola, so they needed something to write about, so they picked the old lady. It's That's sort of the conspiracy I'm coming up with here, Tate. That couldn't be it, though. No. No. They no. were just... No. no. What it was was no they way. were just trying to... Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. That's Here, right. You asked what I wanted I to see that. happen. I want to see a video of Sister Jean in the middle of the court with all the players running stadiums, like running stairs, <laughs> with her with the whistle. You know what I mean? Her like, with the whistle. Yeah. Like, yeah. Custer's like, you know, sweat. You know, it's like out of a movie. It's like Remember the Titans. You know, they're like running, sweating, throwing up, and it's just Sister Jean <laughs> sitting in the middle of the court with the whistle. That's what I need. We get a. We or we get like the the montage from Hoosiers where Gene Hackman's teaching the kids how to throw chess passes. Yeah, he's like, "You pop it, pop yes. it, throw your thumbs down, pop it," <laughs> and it's just a montage release of all the that. Hands. We got the re- release got- the hands, <laughs> and uh, then and then the video ends with Sister Jean uh, pulling the John Wooden and teaching all the players how to put on socks, and and then it fades to black, and no, and then Loyola goes to the final four. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say Sister Jean Space Jam moment. Her arm just goes all the way from half court, and she dunks it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. Everybody get up slam down. <laughs> then she gets up and we starts got dancing. Sister Jean throwing down. <laughs> She's like she becomes um, a Six Flags guy. She just starts busting out dance moves. Last shout out. You brought up that that Gonzaga wiped the floor with Santa Clara. Uh, that marked the 27th consecutive yeah, road conference wooden. win for Gonzaga. NCAA record. They they beat John Wooden's record. Uh, John Wooden and UCLA hold literally every record in college basketball except this one now. So yep. thank you to Gonzaga for taking one record away from John Wooden and the UCLA Bruins. If it's so not if it's not Pistol it. Pete, then it's UCLA and John Wooden. That's pretty much every record. That's all I got. You got anything else? That's all I got. This has been a great casual Friday. I feel like we tried to solve college basketball. I'm hoping tomorrow can like Kentucky and Kansas tomorrow being a good game could really uh, spice it back up and give you know. The, People gauge basically get some interest in things again. I, th- I think just on a national level because people will watch the blue mm. bloods. So if it's a good game and uh, you know Cal's doing you know Cal things as we always like to say, I think that will be great for everyone. So I'm excited for that game and uh, a lot more games this weekend. So we will be watching them all as always here on One Shining Podcast. All right, go pack for Minnesota, Tate. I will see you uh, in Minnesota. We are going to be in Minnesota. I don't know if we're gonna. Uh, I don't. I don't. We we ha- we have some plans, but who the hell knows what's going to happen up there? Tate's probably just going to freeze his balls off and stay yeah. in the hotel. The whole I, time this this could possibly be the last podcast back. that I ever have. So if if it is, au revoir. Uh, it's been a great time, great run. And <laughs> if I freeze in Minnesota, I hope that they write like at least like a children's book about you know the 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 boy who went and froze or something like that. I don't know. We got to figure something out. I gotta get all my shit in the line before I leave. Yeah, that could be it. We'll be back on Tuesday with good guy, bad guy, and all that other shit. Kyle will be back. It'll be a fun show. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Before we go, one more time, my dog 
is in my office. Come on, His name Moses. is Moses. He's, Come on, he, Moses. He's looking at me as we speak. Moses, can you do it? Can you rise to the occasion? Can you give the people, can you salvage a podcast that was very depressing for a lot of people to listen to and give us what we need by speaking? Come on, buddy. Speak. Speak. The answer <laughs> is no. See you next time.